This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sunday the 9th of August 2020 in this special show we speak to James Feinleiter who is the Grimsby Town football writer from Grimsby Live James is going to be telling us about what to expect from Blackpool's new signing Ethan Robson and also gives a snapshot of wife at Grimsby under former Pool Supremo Supremo even Ian Holloway I'm John Aspinall and this is the Seasiders podcast episode 167 the lowdown on Ethan Robson Good evening, all you Seasiders out there. Welcome back to Seasiders Podcast 167. We've got another lowdown, this time on Ethan Robson. And giving us the lowdown is James and um, James Findlater is the Grimsby Town writer and the Grimsby Town uh, FC uh, sports reporter. James, did I get your name right? Findlater, have I pronounced that correctly? Uh, it's n- near enough. <laughs> <laughs> I always like to get people's names right, so I'll give it, give it us as it should be. Nah, it's fine. It's, oh, right. it's been called much worse, so don't worry about it. Have you had a lot of gags uh, with that surname over the years? Uh, <laughs> I've just had a lot of people not having a clue how to say it, really. I mean. Right, James, um, could you just firstly, thanks a lot for coming on and uh, giving up your time, telling us about Ethan. Um, could you just give us a very brief bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, etc.? Um, so I'm the Grimsby Town writer for Grimsby Live and the Grimsby Telegraph. I've been covering... Well, I've been helping to cover the town for probably around about four years. Uh, moved into the role of the Grimsby Town writer earlier this year. Uh, that was the really when the whole world goes into meltdown and <laughs> there's yeah. no football to cover. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, been following town up and down the country for the last few years. So yeah, I've gone through a lot of highs and lows, quite a lot of lows. I'm happy. Yeah, but, yeah that's. Right. Story, yeah. So Grimsby's actually one of the very, very few great game uh, grounds I've never visited. Um, not oh, that really? far away, but yeah, it's uh, it's just never. Obviously, Blackpool's paths have crossed with Grimsby quite a lot of times in the lower yeah. leagues in uh, years gone by. But yeah, so 
Is it, is it Blundell Park it's called? Am I getting that wrong? It is Blundell, Blundell Park. Park. Yeah, yeah. So must must visit one day if you come up or you go down. Yeah. So um, so just briefly, what's the what's the situation like at Grimsby at the moment? Given the um, you know, the lockdown, COVID nineteen, etc. How how are Grimsby Town faring? Um, I think lockdown came at probably the worst possible time for Grimsby. Really, um, I mean they were flying high with uh, Ian Holloway. Obviously, you don't know all about him. Yeah. Uh, and just under Ollie, I mean, the last game before the lockdown, we beat Town of Beaton, Scunthorpe United, obviously a big Derby game, 2-0. Uh, arguably one of the best performances of the season as well. Performances had gone right up. Since really? Okay. So, I mean, lockdown just came at the worst possible so, time, really. Where were you in the league then? Uh, about mid-table I can't remember off the top of my head I want to say about 14th maybe, might have been a bit higher but they were on the way up I mean they were in absolutely no danger of relegation it was just a case of how high up they were going to finish really after I mean the earlier part of the season before Oli took charge it was a bit it gone downhill very quickly and going into Christmas the new year without before Ollie took charge, it was looking dangerous. And right, okay. So, so Ollie, Ollie came in the turn of the year, around that time? Yeah, he, he actually got appointed on New Year's Eve. Right. And, I mean, the day after, obviously New Year's Day, uh, Town won their first game since, I think, October. Right. So, I mean... New manager bound. From that, what you will, but, I mean, he wasn't even in charge for that game, but you could see the players obviously had something to prove and we're kind of looking to cash the eye a bit. Right, okay. So, since then, have yeah. you seen a noticeable style of, uh, sorry, a change in the style of play since since Ollie took charge? Oh, definitely. I mean, um, manager beforehand, Michael Jolly, um, with, I don't know whether he was perhaps dictated by the players he signed. I mean, he signed James Hansen, who's a big target man probably the best target man really going to get in League 2 yeah. and this start of the season it was very much sort of long ball football hitting it up to him hoping that he sticks and trying to play around him but it just wasn't working earlier I mean at the very start of the season it did sort of work a little bit and they looked like they might be able to push for playoffs but then it just fell off a cliff basically right. and couldn't buy a win the moment Ollie came in, you could see an immediate change in the style of football. I mean, I think in the few games he's actually been in charge for, you could argue some of the goals they've scored have been the best goals we've seen for well, years, really. And just the pass, pass and move, the way that they've approached the game, it's easy on the eye. It's a hell of a lot easier to watch. So have you seen a, have you seen a lot of marauding fullbacks and long diagonals? Out yeah, and, yeah. It's, have you? <laughs> I mean, it's, to be fair, it's it's almost been dictated by the sort of midfield and that sort of thing. And each, I mean, you'll know from watching Blackpool back in the day with Ollie in charge that he does like to keep the ball on the floor and just get it moving. And yeah. he likes to attack, really. Right, so, <laughs> so has, has he been a, a breath of fresh air? That was a, a quote that was used for Blackpool's team oh, under the whole way, yeah. Definitely, I mean... There have been a few games where, you know, Town have come out comfortably second best, but it's only ever been against the teams who, I mean, I think of Plymouth, uh, Northampton, 
both of whom have gone gone up as it happens. So I mean, I think it was always clear that those sort of teams were by far and away better than Town and a lot of the rest of the league. So, but against the rest of the teams, against teams that are around them, and even some again against you know teams higher up. I mean, I think back to Colchester, they were I want to say fifth when Queens we played them. Uh, they think lost one game in the last oh, I don't know three months or whatever like that something like that Grimsby went there 1-3-2 and okay. played brilliant football so you can see there is a definite you know there's a definite rise in levels with Town at the moment and it's all down to Wally really oh, so is it with the same team or has he, has he made wholesale changes to the team or is it just an increase in the motivation of the existing squad and getting them playing in a different way it's mostly with the same team. I mean, he has brought in a few players. I mean, uh, back in January, he brought in Billy Clark, former Blackpool player. And he's He was, I mean, I did an article, I think last month, something like that, and I've made him my signing of the season because of the impact he made. He was really, really good. Unfortunately, he's now moved on to Bradford, so won't be seeing much more of him. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, he brought in Billy Clark, brought in a few youngsters from Burnley as well. Uh, Anthony Glennon, young left back, was absolutely superb. And I mean, it was quite nice to just have a manager with those sort of connections. I mean, he he obviously knows Sean Dyche well and was able to kind of get onto him, get a couple of his best players really, and okay. they made such an impact that. It was like watching a different team. I have seen a rumour going around that um, obviously Charlie, Charlie Adam was a, a, a big Blackpool hero, a key part of our Premier League season and promotion. Um, I did see a rumour on Twitter earlier um, linking him with both yourselves and Blackpool. So uh, yeah, I think it'd be a bit of a coup if you can snatch him from under our noses because uh, we're all chomping at the bit to get him back. So uh, I'd be interested if he goes to Grimsby anyway. <laughs> I think I think it was a race between Blackpool and Grimsby. I think Blackpool going to come out on top. <laughs> I'd like to think so. Um, right. So, just just one more thing about Ollie. Then, so I noticed when he signed him doing like a a motivational speech in school, in, a, in a local Grimsby school. That was oh, quite yeah. um, you know kind of awe inspiring. And also, I've read that he's a part shareholder in the club as well. So he's he's yeah. really throwing himself into the town and the community and I was just wondering do you have any other anecdotes or stories about him I mean he's been absolutely fantastic with the um, with the community and I mean you talk about seeing him doing a speech at one of the schools I mean mm. he's done speeches at a good few schools since he's took over and you know he's got himself out there I mean even like the slightest sort of things if Fan, fans written in saying, oh, yeah, it's my 50th birthday. You fancy coming down to where I work? Or, you know, he, he's been pictured in, like, Tesco, just handing over the town shirts and had a garden centre because somebody's worked there for a long time. Oh, okay. That sort of thing. So it's been brilliant. And, I mean, even when he was actually unveiled on New Year's Day, on New Year's Eve, um, I remember sitting in the office just waiting to interview him. And... He got pulled away because they'd had a w- wedding up in like the function suite, and so he he kind of gave up the sound to go up, go up there, just show his face, and get 
get get pictures with the bride and groom, and I think the groom even said, "Oh, this is the best day of my life." Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I bet he didn't tell his yeah, uh, future bride yeah. that, did he? <laughs> so, um, have you had any personal chats with him in uh, press conferences or you know after training that kind of thing? What's your? I'm presuming you have, and what's your your experience has been like with him? Yeah, it's it's been really good so far. I mean. I can only really compare it to the last manager who, Michael Jolly, who wasn't one for really chatting afterwards or having a chat before press conferences. Since then, Ollie's been completely opposite. I mean, he will just stick around, have a chat with you for upwards of like 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah, he can talk, can't he? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's depending on how the previous game's gone and if he's feeling (laughs) a bit aggrieved with any referee decisions, he'll... (laughs) You know, tune tune yeah. it off for about ten yeah. minutes, but it's always it's always been good natured. And actually, I mean, the further the season's gone on, and the more sort of I think comfortable he's gotten to the job, he's just kind of gone with the flow, really. And he is just I mean, he will stop to chat with anyone, really. And it's it, as I say, I mean, I've said it a few times, but it's been an absolute breath of fresh air, really. Right, cool. Right, let's go on to the main event, uh, a certain Ethan Robson. Now, some people may think it's a bit strange me chatting to a, a Grimsby Town fan, given that Ethan's uh, or was a, a Sunderland player. However, I did my research on him before recording this, and I did notice that he played the, the majority. Well, he played all his season pretty much last year at Grimsby. So it's uh, I think it was more relevant to speak to a someone who's seen him play rather than a, a, a few a few. Uh, games in two seasons ago at uh, Sunderland so uh, Hans James is on and he's going to tell us about Ethan now so uh, James first question um, well I'll just read a, a brief synopsis about the deal uh, the 23 year old signed a two year deal with the Tangerines contract which also contains an option to extend by a further 12 months he opted to join Blackpool out of stiff competition from Fleetwood Town Portsmouth Ipswich and Oxford who are all linked with midfielder so James what was your initial reaction when you first found out Ethan had been sold to Blackpool ahead of these kind of names that were banded around um, it didn't it didn't overly surprise me I think I was perhaps a little bit surprised that he stayed in League One because I thought given the lack of playing time he's had at Sunderland he might have to drop down to League Two just to get a bit more playing time okay but I am, I say I'm, I am happy for him that he has my final club in League One because I think he does deserve it. I say that first of all. I think I found his treatment of Sunderland very strange, to be honest. I mean, he was on loan at Grimsby until January. Um, Ollie actually wanted to sign him for the rest of the season, but Sunderland decided no, we're keeping him. We're, keeping it for the rest of the season okay so you only had him th- for the first half of the season yes right okay yeah. right and then uh, came to January played his last game on Mansfield and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Uh, and then after that, went back to Sunderland. We were kind of all kept on tenterhooks. We've been told that it was a possibility. Ollie kept saying, yeah, I do want to sign him. I want to keep him for the rest of the season. And then, lo and behold, transfer deadline day, Sunderland announced, nah, he's not going anywhere. That's strange. And I, I, I as I say, I found it very, very strange. Yeah, I was just looking yeah. back at his stats here and he, he's not played at all for Sunderland, has he, last season? No. no, he didn't play another game for the rest of the season and I know obviously the season was curtailed. But so he wasn't injured or anything? They just recalled him? No, nope, just recalled him and decided not to play him. All right, you, you can kind of understand that if if he was a, you know, if you were both in the same league and they didn't want mm. the competition perhaps. Yeah, that's a that's a strange one. So obviously he's only played half the season for you, for you uh, well the first half of the season. So how integral was he to the squad uh, in that half of the season? Did he play pretty much every game? He played, I'd say, the majority of games. Um, it's tough to it's tough to kind of judge him on that first half of the season because Towns Grimsby's form just sort of fell off a cliff in sort of October time. Uh, sort of coinciding with the manager being sacked and caretaker manager not really being able to get any results. Um, so he scored three in sixteen. So that's not yes. a bad return, is it, from midfield? It's not too bad. And I mean, I have to point out his kind of standout game at Exeter, where he scored twice and he really just ran the show that day. Uh, I think that's. That's the kind of game where I think if you're a Blackpool fan, you'll look at and think, "Yeah, we might have something on our hands." Right? Here. Okay. Okay. I mean, I mean, I was saying to you beforehand, uh, Grimsby before Ollie came around, came around, uh, it was very much sort of long ball tactics, that sort of thing. The game at Exeter actually came a few days after we played Chelsea in the League Cup, uh, got smashed seven one. That happened, but um, obviously. Manager then Michael Jolly had sort of put, a, put out his first team for Chelsea and then made a raft of changes for Exeter. And Exeter being top of the table at the time as well, we all just went along thinking, well, nothing's going to happen here. We're just going to get beat, go home, and that'll be it. But actually, I think even, I mean, he, he replaced uh, James Hansen because he played at Chelsea in the week. And I think that sort of changed his tactics a bit, and he was the team actually sort of played it on the floor a bit more, which suits Ethan down to a T. Really, that's the sort of game he prefers, and I don't, I don't think he necessarily fits in with the sort ball. of who fit long, hoping that the target man will bring it down and you can play around him. Then I think he wants to get on the ball right. and influence the play, which I mean, I haven't. I mean, after me, I haven't seen Blackpool under Neil Critchley, but from what I've seen of, you know, when he's taking charge of Liverpool in the couple of cup games last season, hopefully he would suit that kind of play and he'd suit Neil Critchley's style of play. Yeah, so I can hear a very slight 
Scouse twang in your accent there. So I'm a, yeah, you did tell me you're a Liverpool fan beforehand. But yeah, I've just, uh, just heard those little twangs of Scouse then. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, can, you, can you just elaborate on his best position? Um, you, you mentioned he's a, a, he likes to get on the ball. So I've just seen on his wiki, he's a central midfielder. So is that his best position? And what, what kind of a, a game can we expect from him? Um, I'd, yeah, I'd definitely say central midfield is best position. I think if you were looking at... Is he, is he a captain at, type, you know, like a, an engine room type or of a, more of a kind of creative midfielder? I'd say he's more of a, yeah, more of a creative sort of presence. I mean, I wouldn't consider him a sort of box-to-box midfielder. I think if you're going to play him in midfield, you will need someone who's sort of willing to kind of do a bit of dirty work and sort of help out with defence while he can influence things further up the field and I mean I go back to the next, next game that game showed perfectly what he can do if he is given that kind of freedom to just go and influence it you know towards the end towards the opposition penalty area and I mean he's got two cracking goals that day as well so it, you've definitely got a bit of creative presence and a goal scorer threat as well if you get him in the right position which I don't think Grimsby did enough really during his time there and I mean I'd have been interested to see how he would have developed under Ollie because right, okay. I think I think under Ollie and the way he plays I think it would have suited him down to a T really right okay so if he was um, if you can think of a famous player in the Premier League obviously he's not going to be as good as them could you just give us a off the top of your head perhaps give us a, a player who um, matches his style of play who we may have heard of yeah, um, I put you on the spot a bit there. <laughs> you know, is he? A, I don't know. Is he a kind of a Steven Gerrard box to box player, or is he more of in the a David Silverall or a Charlie Adam perhaps, or that kind of? Kind of... It's hard to quite put it. I mean, I'd say maybe the Gerrard kind of comparison in terms of when he does get in around the penalty area, he can make things happen and he'll get things moving. Um, perhaps doesn't have the same I wouldn't say drive because I think that's a bit unfair but I wouldn't say he's quite as defensive minded as maybe Gerard was and I know Gerard was a bit more of an, an attacking midfielder but he did have the tendency to you know drive back yeah, if he yeah, needed to yeah. but yeah that perhaps go along go, go along with that I think so more of an attacking midfielder role I think that's the yes. kind of the vibe we're getting there right okay Okay, so uh, were you surprised he didn't get much more game time at, at Sunderland and were you surprised they let him go? I'm very, very surprised he didn't get the game time, but once it became clear he wasn't getting that time, I have to say I wasn't surprised that he'd been let go. I think, as I've said, I was really surprised with the treatment he got towards the end of the season. I think with Sunderland, the position they were, obviously they wanted to get playoffs uh, well I suppose some of the fans would rather have automatic promotion but it was clear that they weren't going to get that so playoffs was the best they could hope for in that situation is was Ethan ever going to get a game really and I don't think he was so if you're looking at doing the best thing for the player personally I would say well you need to get him out and have him playing games which Sunderland just didn't seem interested in right. yeah. I don't know whether they were perhaps thinking, well, we might need him if we get injuries, injuries. or if, if, you know, worse comes to worst and we have to sort of put out some of the youngsters. But it just seemed a very strange approach, in my view. 
Right, so yeah, they, they don't run things uh, terribly well at Sunderland at the moment, so it's not <laughs> to be expected. <laughs> Looking forward to Series 3 of Sunderland until I die. Yes. <laughs> if they've still got a club there, I don't know. <laughs> right, this is the question I always like to ask about uh, new players. What's his temperament like? He's very level-headed, actually. I mean, he's whenever I spoke to him, he was... He played it down the line. He didn't sort of want to get drawn into anything too taxing. I mean, there were a few times I'd, I'd ask him about his future at Sunderland, or being the obvious question, really. And he would just sort of play it, play it as it was, saying, yeah, I want to stay there. I want to get a new contract. That's where I want to play my football, that sort of thing. So he's very level-headed. Uh, I, never, I don't remember him ever really getting a book in the mm. town. Garolitica type player, then. Yeah, it's so strange that isn't it from central midfield. Yeah, he he might have done, but I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. So I think he was quite level headed, and he just sort of, he did sort of stick to stick to his guns a bit, you know that kind of creative role and making sure that he didn't get didn't get himself involved in some of the more dirty stuff where you're going to get in lead to where it's a bit more of a scrap. Yeah, yeah. Middle of the park, leave that to the players who. Are actually more built for that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've no complaints really about his his you know yeah. temperament. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite, the reason I asked the question is we, he seems to be signing uh, quite a lot of um, level-headed players. So yeah, it's quite interesting. Uh, he has in Neil Critchley, which leads me on to yeah. my, my next question. Um, how do you think he'll be fitting un- fitting under Neil Critchley's system at Blackpool? Um, Yourself being a Liverpool fan, obviously, um, given that we're going to be playing the uh, the Liverpool way, is he is he that type yeah. of player who could play the Liverpool way, uh, apply to a uh, lower level of football? Yeah, well, I think he could definitely. I think, as I say, if like I said, I mean, if I'd like to have seen him playing under Ollie just to see how he would have got on, and I think he would have enjoyed it a lot more than he did during the first half of the season. Right, I think. Under Critchley, I mean, I haven't seen Blackpool under Critchley, but we've only seen two games actually. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah we were all excited to see the football he was playing under the suffering, the uh, the dinosaur football that we had to suffer under uh, Simon Grace. But yeah, two games right. in, and uh, yeah, it all got cancelled. So um, yeah, but we, we did have a a friendly that was live streamed on YouTube uh, via a, a very shaky amateurish <laughs> camera at Southport away. So. We couldn't really see much of the game, but we were knocking it around a hell of a lot more than we, than we were under Grace. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, if if it is sort of the, like the Liverpool way, mm. if you were, then I think you will see it. I mean, especially if, as I say, I don't know how he he will approach things at Blackpool, but if it, if it is similar to Liverpool and you have say midfield three, he can definitely Which we will do. that kind of thing. Yeah, the creative role that I mean, you look at Liverpool now, you think of like Fabinho. Henderson and Cater maybe I think he could definitely fill that kind of role that Cater does um, that would have been a good answer before actually <laughs> but um, yeah I I'll, I'll re-edit that so you can I'll put that back to your yeah. answer to your question as well <laughs> I sound like a genius then. Um, <laughs> but yeah I think I think he will fit in I think assuming that Critchley does go with the same sort of style yeah he is yeah. yeah okay so do you think um, obviously you don't know how Blackpool play and what sort of players we've got, but do you think he's got the ability to s- slot straight into a first team in a in a League One club? It'll be interesting to see. I think I think Blackpool fans might have to be patient with him. I think just by dint of the fact that he's had so little football over the last 
I don't know, eight months or so. I mean, his last first team, you know, senior game would have been in January with Grimsby. So he's gone a long time without any proper football, mm. per se. So I think Blackpool fans might have to be a bit patient with him if he does kind of get the nod straight away. But if he finds his feet and if the style play suits him, then I think he could be a really good signing for you. Okay, so yeah, COVID-19 has probably done him a favour really, hasn't it? Because uh, everyone mm. else is in the same boat now. I've not played for... Yeah. Oh, it's like six months, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, James, finally, I'll let you go after this. Um, do you think he's got the potential to play at a high grade of football in the football pyramid? I think he's certainly got some attributes. I think he definitely needs more playing time under his belt, and I think we need to see a bit more of him actually getting on the ball and actually being able to influence the play, which... I don't think he was able to at Grimsby with the way things were going and the, the way the going like playing. Yeah. So I think if he's given a chance and, I mean, hopefully with Blackpool, he might be able to get up into championship. So I don't see why he couldn't play in the championship. Right. But I think he definitely needs to just get a bit more playing time and show what he can actually do. Right, excellent. Right there, those are all my questions, James. Thanks a lot for your time. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, sorry to bother you on a Sunday evening. So uh, get, <laughs> no get, get yourself back to whatever you were doing. I've, I've just finished a math, mammoth Sunday dinner, so I'm going to let it digest. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again anyway, mate. Right. Cheers. No Thanks, bye. bye. Cheers. Bye. Yeah! days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.